Hey, this is Maya. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to The What Project. Where you'll hear inspiring stories of hope. Welcome back. We are on episode three of The What Project. I am really enjoying just sitting down and having a chance to talk with my friend Stephanie. Hey guys. And she is actually planning to share her testimony this time. Yeah, I sure am. I'm really looking forward to hearing again, because I have heard it before, how God called you and just talk it through and spend some time dwelling on how cool God is. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to start at the beginning for us and just kind of tell us where your life and the gospel kind of first intersected? I was uh, born to a family that grew up on a dairy farm. And so we milked cows and we went to a Lutheran church. And uh, my mom would always make sure that we were in Sunday school and we're making sure that we got the foundations of the Christian walk. And, you know, when time permitted, if they got done with chores, we went to actual church service after Sunday school. Oh, so like your mom was real disciplined to bring you kids to Sunday school, yep. but because of chores, it was hard for everyone yep. to make it all the time. Yep. So we only lived about three miles from the church. So she would run us up there in the mornings and then um, go back home and try to finish up chores. And if she got done, she would come back up and we would just stay for church. If not, she would come and pick us up and bring us home. So... You know, we always got the uh, foundations of the Bible down that the the Lutheran Church teaches. And so I'm always grateful for for that because it was somewhere to start. But I think it's interesting because I think there's a couple of scriptures that talk about it. And the first one is in John 15, 16. It talks about, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So it's always interesting because my dad would always tell me this story. So because we were dairy farmers, we milked cows, and we had a stanchion barn, and the cows would be all in the barn. Uh, There was about 45 in there at a time. And they had little drinking cups or drinking fountains, bowls, in between them. And when I was about six years old, I would take the water from that drinking bowl and I would sprinkle it on each cow and I would baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he would always tell me that story, would tell some of his friends that story. And I think for me, I felt always called into uh, the ministry and into Christianity from a small age. Um, Interesting. So even as a child, you felt this longing and interest in spiritual things? Yep. Yep. So uh, when I was in uh, sixth or seventh grade, uh, they had a career day where we had to job shadow someone. And the person that I picked was actually our Lutheran pastor. And at that time, we uh, went up to the Lutheran seminary in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and we kind of toured the campus. And then she had me sit down and um, spend time with her for like what she would do in a normal day and visit a couple of the uh, congregants. And yeah, so it was really interesting because I always 
had this strong desire uh, to serve God in a way. But it was interesting because I, I don't know, it was always, for me, it was always about doing the right thing and not, um, I guess, having a relationship with God. Would you say you would define that kind of as you wanted to do the right thing out of duty, but it wasn't based out of feeling like love towards God? Yeah, I think you could say that. I mean, for me, I you know, if I did something, it was to, you know, if I am I good enough to get into heaven? Am I good enough to... Like you had this idea of needing to earn something? Right, right. So I think for me, yeah, I mean, am I good enough to get into heaven? I, I always had that feeling of, like, I was never good enough. I was never good enough, and I had to work my way to be good enough. But uh, again, I I felt like God kept calling me. Um, you know, even throughout high school, like, I struggled with depression and stuff, but I feel like God kept calling me and kept calling me back. And John six forty four it says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him in. And I feel like, you know, that's something that God kept drawing me, kept almost like wooing me back to him, back into serving to him. And so it was interesting because I always, I guess, did the Christian thing or tried to do the Christian thing. There was definitely some choices that I wasn't living out as far as high school peer pressure. And there's, you know, stuff that happened in high school that I wasn't living out a Christian walk. But I always felt like, for me, God was always wooing me to Him. Did you feel, at that point in your life, did you feel like inner conflict? Would you say you felt at peace? What would? How would you describe kind of that state of mind in that period of time where you're saying like you really felt this draw to God and you had this big interest in him and you wanted to serve him but yet you felt like you were still earning still working still like continuously working it out how could you describe how that like made you feel yeah yeah um i think for me it just it caused a lot of confusion because I was trying to figure out what to do. I was confused about what to do. And I think it's kind of where it came to a T, I mean, with a conversation with you, uh, I think. So I guess rewind a bit because you came in in 2005. You were doing the what concerts? I mean, I knew you through 4-H. We showed cattle together. And uh, yes, we know how to milk a cow. Yes. And <laughs> we question why one needs to wear all white clothing to show cows. Even though we've done it. For those of you who have never shown a cow or a calf or a Holstein and have never seen that, when you show a cow... You, like, wash your cow with laundry detergent or dish soap. (laughs) You scrub its fur, clean it all up, you know, make it all nice. It's wearing a halter, a leather one, and you lead it around a ring. And as the show person, you are required to wear a white shirt and white pants. Yep. That 
might always be a mystery as to why that's what it is. It's but, interesting. I think they've started changing that now a little bit. They've yeah. come be, become lenient. And I'm glad because <clears throat> all white doesn't stay all white. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> I won't go any further with that. But just a little, you know, side note of knowledge in case you're someone who has not been in the animal showing world. Yeah, yeah. So back to our story. So we knew each other through 4-H, but I think you, it was like 2005 or something like that. You you had the uh, What Concert Ministry going and you guys started doing uh, Christian concerts at the uh, county fair as well as your, your big March concert. And I remember it was interesting that I went to one. It was right outside the uh, big barn there at the Filmer County Fair. And uh, I remember there was, I don't know who was there as far as a band, but I remember you were there and your sister was there. And I thought it was kind of the coolest thing. And again, talking back about God drawing me, like I'm like, this is the coolest thing and I need to get involved. I want to add a little note there, too. When we did concerts at the county fair, I can't remember how many years we did it. Two or three, we did um, concerts. Some years we had multiple, some just one. Of all of the ministry things I have ever done, those had the smallest attendance. (laughs) It was very, very small. Yeah. But we've seen some of the biggest fruit from those tiny little concerts that maybe had like five people at them, literally. So just a reminder that if God calls you to do something, be careful not to measure it by your typical standards because God is up to something. So be faithful when he calls you because he will use that sacrifice of praise. He who is faithful in little is faithful in much. It's true. So, yeah, that's kind of when you came in. I I guess I wrote you a note that I don't, I mean, I remember writing, but I don't remember what it was on it. Do you want to know something funny? What's that? I saved your note. I still have it. It's right here. Guys, this is crazy. She's got a note over there that has her name on it. Do you want to read it to us? Would you like me to read it? Sure. Sure. All right. So the outside says Maya only. So I have no idea if I shared it with anyone else. Sorry if I did. Uh, It says, Dear Maya, I just need to thank you. You set these concerts concerts up, and I think it was awesome because these concerts might change someone's life. You have done so much by getting these bands and getting the support and money you need. You are a great kid and have so much faith and love towards God. And that's a thing I love about you because not many people are like that. We needed this to get people to know the Lord. So thank you. If you want to do this again, give me a call. And then it says, God bless, Stephanie. That's me. So I've saved that all these years. That is crazy. And the funny thing is, is I was one of the people that got saved out of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You wrote this whole letter and then like God fulfilled those things in you. 
That is crazy. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. Enter enter Maya into my life. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was I remember I was uh living in my senior year, you know, by this time I was going to different Christian con- conferences and things like that. I remember I went to the Revolve Tour, Acquire the Fire. I think I went to the National ELCA convention. All these different things. And, you know, like at the Acquire the Fire, they have an altar call. And they give that chance to to accept Christ. And and I'm sure at that time, I I, I don't remember ever going forward, but I remember there was probably a time, one of the Acquire the Fires that I went to, because I've went to a couple of them, where I, I said, yeah, God, I want to I wanna follow you. But again, it was almost like I did it out of a pure pressure, out of a hype, and it was never personal for me. It was kind of, like I said, just this high energy conference, and I was excited to to do it. and. Uh, I don't think I realized what I was saying at that point in time. Would you say like in that moment, it's like you were excited about the gift that was kind of being offered, but you were maybe missing the piece of understanding like why you needed it? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was interesting because, I don't know, I believe it was October of 2008. I was a senior in high school. I was struggling. Um, some of my story is that I I was very depressed and my senior year I was, in fact, I ended up in um, the psych ward for a uh, four day stay and yeah, uh, just had a really hard time throughout my junior and senior year with my peers and I went to a small school and so everyone was very clicky and so I had very little friends and so it was just a really hard time for me emotionally. And uh, I remember me and you had just kind of started this relationship and we were texting one day. And I, I remember you had said something to the effect about, you know, if I was saved and if I was saved, that I, you know, something about the Holy Spirit would be in me. And uh I remember I was like, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. It's the same question <laughs> that I wrestled with. Yeah. I remember this conversation. I don't remember all the details, but I remember being in my parents. Uh, we have like a loft at their house and sitting on their leather couches. And yeah, yeah, you were just, I remember you being in a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Because, you know, you were saying like, I feel like I love God and I'm trying so hard and like everything just feels so difficult. It's like I can never like be at peace and I can never like conquer anything and I can never like move forward. It was like you were just stuck in this cycle that you really desperately wanted to get out of and you knew who to look to to get out of it, but you were missing the steps on how to like actually take those physical steps to get out of the pit. Yeah. 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 And and it was interesting because you had said something to me and it was like something to the effect that, well, you know, if you ask Jesus into your life now, it's not going to undo any other time you that you've asked Jesus, you know, you're not going to undo your salvation from before. So I was, I still wasn't sure. 
I remember I went home and I'm like, let me think about it. Which is what I was hoping for. Like I, I was saying, like, go go think that through and living through my own experience, knowing like when you come to that place of humility of understanding that you're a sinner and that you have this vast need for Jesus's forgiveness that comes through his death on the cross and his resurrection, that you you accept that and you feel it, you know in that moment that happens and part of that is being sealed with the Holy Spirit. I was hoping that by having this conversation, you would take that home and think about it and think through, did you just know about Jesus or did you know him and have that conversion moment where that transaction happened and you got saved? Yeah. Yeah. So I went home that night and I had a conversation with God. Uh, I remember I was in my room at my parents and I pretty much yelled at God in a way, um, a stern with God. And I said, look, I do not want to question that I know that I know you. I want to know that I know that I know that you're real and that you're my savior and that you're my God. And so I made a decision that, yeah, if, if I said this, you know, prayed to God and asked him into my life tonight, like it's not going to undo all these years of trying to serve God. It's, it's, just going to confirm that. And so, yeah, that night I, I pretty much asked God, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to question. I don't want to have a doubt in my mind that I'm saved. I want to know that I know that you are my savior and that, you know, you're my Lord. And so I remember I, I prayed. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I prayed to God, asked him in my life, and I remember after that, like the, just the immense peace, tangible peace mm-hmm. of God was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an unmistakable feeling. Yeah. You don't feel it in any other source. But once you felt it, like, oh, I can feel that same feeling because I, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. It was, yeah, it was interesting because it was like almost everything that I was battling with just kind of just was silent. And it just reminds me too of just how sometimes we have spiritual warfare and we have these voices that are trying to tell us what to believe and who we should be. And it was almost like you speak the name of Jesus and you shall be saved, it says in Acts. And it was just like, Jesus, come and everything just silenced in the name of Jesus. Yeah. How did it feel after all those years kind of of struggle and turmoil? How did it feel to just experience that full moment of peace? I mean, it it just felt like I knew where I was supposed to go. Not that I had all the answers, but it was almost like I knew who to follow. And I knew whose voice to follow. Um, Nothing can satisfy your soul like having a restored relationship with your creator. And you are at peace. And it doesn't mean that none of those voices ever rise back up. Because they do. And we still sin. It's not about life being perfect and easy afterwards. But what you're saying really resonates with me. It's like you have a purpose. And... 
all those pieces of the puzzle are put in and you know whose you are, you know what your goal is in life, you know ultimately how your life is going to end no matter what struggles you walk through. Like you're put back together and whole because you're now back in communion with the God that created you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I mean, years following that. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it wasn't like I, I had this instant change of, I knew where I was going because I could hear his voice, but oh yeah, I struggled. I mean, years after that I struggled and yeah, I had to make the conscious choice to take up my cross and follow him and make that choice that I wasn't going to listen to the lies of the enemy and learning how to fight uh, spiritual warfare. You know, it talks about Ephesians that our fight is not flesh and blood, but it's spiritual principalities. And so how do you stand on the word of God in those moments? And I think for me, when I was saved, it just kind of was this moment of knowing that no matter what happened, no matter what came about my way, I had a God who could lead me. You know, Psalms talks about, even though I walk through the shadow of death, I fear no evil because the shepherd is there and he's, you know, leading us. So, yeah, that's, I think for me, that's the turning point for me of just knowing that God is real and you know, I got, I know, I remember I got baptized like that summer after. And it was funny too, because I I remember I got baptized and uh, I was with a, with a church in, in uh, the hometown there in Minnesota. And so I got baptized and I remember I drove out to your parents' house because I had to tell someone <laughs> and I told your mom. <laughs> I can't, I guess I can't remember at that point. Was I still at home? I think. Or was I you married, were married and gone? Yeah, okay. you were yeah, married. That's what I was thinking. Yep, yep. So <laughs> I had to tell someone, and her mom was only just a hop, skip, and a jump from the creek that I got baptized in. And so I ended up driving over there and telling her, and she was excited. And yeah, I remember that. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, would like to just speak to your endurance some because having kind of walked alongside you through this, I've really seen how you do continue to choose God. And I saw how Satan was deceiving you. And, you know, even though you had that soul piece, you still had to like work through putting Satan in his place, you know, with that mental illness and um, just dealing with, kind of a barrage of things, mirage of things. Like, I feel like you continue to choose God by saying, like, no, this is not who I am. I'm going to stand back up. I'm going to fuel myself again. And I'm going to keep at this until I can defeat him. And I think even in the last year to two years, I've just seen really big growth in you to where you've been able to kind of really fully put off some of those strongholds and sins that were in your life. And to be, you're just a more peaceful person, your whole countenance now. And, you know, you're not seeking people's attention and you're, you know, just facing that sin head on 
and standing on the word of God. And I think that is just amazing because that's what it's about. It isn't about being perfect. We can't be perfect, but it's about saying, I choose God. I want to be his disciple. I want to follow in his footsteps. And I'm going to keep forsaking that sin and choosing him over and over again. And I see that in you. Guys, I may be quiet right now. (laughs) It is okay. I'm proud of you. (laughs) I have to say, Maya has been an amazing person and friend because she has been just uh, someone who has discipled me over the years and I appreciate her. And like we said in the last uh, first episode that, you know, we might not agree on a lot of things, but she's always uh, stood by my side and, you know, kept me, you know... (laughs) going on the right track no um, <laughs> kept kept pushing me into focusing on God and seeking his word on things and it's it definitely has been a wild ride <laughs> when you look back at your story how would you describe God's pursuit of you I would say that he was always there always chasing me down <laughs> tackling me sometimes <laughs> Uh, I remember one time I was going to a community college in Wisconsin and I was driving to class one day and, you know, this is after I was saved about probably three years after I was saved. And I remember I was driving and I had a bunch of nerves and a bunch of stress um, and I was feeling very overwhelmed. And I remember God just speaking to me, you know, it wasn't a a verbal, audible voice, but it was, you know, just a a voice almost in my head. And he he said, are you going to give me all the keys? Are you going to give me everything? He, He was pretty much saying, I want that key that's, you know, yeah, I can give you all the keys, but I want that key that's under the doormat. And I want that key that's in your back pocket. Where are the keys that we're hiding or that we're trying to uh, close off? He wanted every bit of me. And so it was this continual pursuit of me giving him everything. Um, Me giving him all my stress, uh, all my worries, all my fears, all my doubts. And it's still a continual pursuit, still to this day. He's still continually pursuing me. And... Am I going to give him everything? And it's a constant thing every day. Are we going to wake up and choose God and choose to follow him? Are we going to choose his will, you know, over our, our own? Yeah. Let's just stop and think for a moment, though, how surreal that is. That that's how you would define God and how he's worked in your life. That the God of the whole universe has for all of these years been specifically pursuing you. There's nothing by accident. He's saying like, Stephanie, I want you. That is just amazing to think about. But I think that's important for all of us to remember. Like that's what our testimonies are. It's the recounting of what the God of the universe did. To pursue us as individuals. That is incredible. God is so cool. And it's just great to sit down and talk about it. 
I think it's easy to get distracted, though, and to forget that truth. So it's a good reminder for me to just, when you are feeling off or attacked or confused, to just sit down and like let that truth sink in and recount your own testimony and remember what God has done. And hopefully that's what this podcast will be. Just time for our minds and souls to slow down and think about what God has done. Well, Stephanie, I appreciate you being vulnerable and you sharing with me and everyone who's listening uh, your God story and how he called you and why you chose him. Yeah, and I and I hope that uh, my story just encourages other people to just know that the God of this world is is pursuing them and uh, cares so much about them that he is drawing them to him, that he cares about them, and that uh, he he loved you from the beginning of time, no matter what. Were you inspired by this story of hope? We'd love to hear your story. Email us at thewhatproject at outlook.com and you could be featured on our podcast soon. Thanks for listening.